0: Oh,
1: Grizz. Oh, Grizz, what you do to me. Thank you so much for that uh, opening song. First name, I finally know the name of that. It's called Good Times Roll, which seems strangely appropriate for today. Welcome to this, the Red Bulletin podcast. I'm your host, Andreas Georges. Working the dials, as always, his first name, James. And, of course, our saintly producer from the shores of Nueva Jersey. Her name is T-Rizza, and without her, this pod just wouldn't be cast. This episode, we'll be talking to a man who is both Mountaineer and memory champion. Four-time U.S. champ, in fact. Nelson Dellis, he's also been up Everest twice, and he'll talk about what one has to do with the other. He'll also talk about the sad episode that started him on his path, and what all of us can do to remember things just a little bit better. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter, at Red with questions and subjects of your own. We're on Facebook, too, of course. Got to hit all the social media channels. And, of course, we got a website, and it's the home of some beautiful words and images, redbulletin.com. Let's start the show. Do you remember faces or phone numbers? Probably not. How about that really embarrassing thing you did in elementary school? Probably yes. And the reason for that is because it was weird, or it was wonderful, or it was painful. And there was some strong visual element to it that got stuck in your mind. See, those are the memories that hold. And by training your mind to think like that, you can actually improve your memory. At least that's what Nelson Dellis believes. He's our guest today. And he's the four-time US memory champ, including the last two years. He's also using his platform as memory champion to climb mountains and raise awareness and money to find a cure for Alzheimer's through his charity Climb for Memory. So he was probably born with it, right? He's probably got a photographic memory or something.
0: Interestingly enough, no. Um, You know, memory is something I'd always just glazed over. I I wasn't very good at and kind of accepted that. Um, I guess being in physics and math uh, and enjoying numbers, I maybe had a proclivity for numbers and maybe retaining a little more than normal but nothing where i would say like oh i have a good memory i if somebody were to ask me back then do you have a good memory i'd be like no it's it's crap do
1: people in general say i mean i i'm trying to think of people i know who are like oh yeah i'm really good at memorizing things it seems like memory is something that people are very quick to dismiss right it's very it's something that People are very quick to say that they just are really bad
0: at memorizing. Yeah, and I think most people will say they're bad at memorizing. if, Or at least say, I'm I'm really bad at memorizing this specific thing. Right. Usually it's names or something like that. Right, right, right. But, uh, but also, on the other side, you get people who say, you know, instantly, if you ask that question, I have an amazing memory. Or they'll be like, I have a photographic memory, which I don't think exists, but I think those people are more confident in their memory and have maybe a little more skill naturally than the rest of the people. But You, d- you don't think a photographic memory exists? No, no. Um, I mean, we can talk about that a little bit, but um, the quick of it is, you know, in this competition, it's been around 20-plus years. The U.S. Memory Championships. The U.S. Memory Championships. Also, the World Championships has been around a little longer, and even all that together, we've never seen anybody come in and win the thing or even compete and, with this line hey I have a photographic memory I'm gonna win or kick some ass doesn't yeah. work or yeah. it hasn't been seen
1: yeah yeah so do you remember when you first came across this idea of a of a memory championship where did you find something online or
0: yeah that's um, so being into numbers and things like yeah. that um, I've always been interested in um, mathematicians and reading a lot of books about these stories where you know, Famous mathematicians like Gauss in the 16 or 1700s would, as a kid, do these crazy calculations in front of the teacher. and So I've always been interested in people who can do that. Um, and there are calculators that exist um, who have trained their minds to do math and multiplication, whatever, really fast. Um, some are natural at it or maybe they're um, autistic um, or uh, savants or something like that. But a lot of them have tricks and they've trained them. And uh, so in this world, it's a little world, there's competitions and things like that. Memory actually kind of overlaps. So a lot of them will have their times tables from, uh, you know, 1 times 1 to 99 times 99. Their 100 times tables. And that's memorized, right? Or they'll memorize these crazy long numbers that are the answers to certain things. And it helps them do bigger calculations. So I was interested in that. There's a mental calculation World Cup every four years. And some of the guys there would compete in the world memory championships. So I started hearing about that, and and you know memory competitions had always kind of been in the back of my head, and I knew about it, but I wasn't that interested in it until my grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's. Right. That was in two thousand nine.
1: Right. When when was that first? When did you first realize that that she was pretty deep into Alzheimer's or dementia?
0: Yeah, so she um, she was French, and my my dad's side of the family is all French, and they live just outside of Paris, right. about an hour. And um, so we would living in Miami mostly. Um, we'd only get to see her maybe once or twice a year. And I remember even as early as two thousand two, um, seeing differences. And um, you know, I was kind of I didn't really know much about the disease or what was going on, so I didn't ever ask about it. But I just would kind of observe, and then. In 2008, uh, I think it was 2008, you know, that was when I really noticed. And every time I would kind of visit her, the jumps in her decline would be really noticeable. Right. And, um, yeah, and then I went to climb one summer in 2009 and came back and had found out that she had passed away while I was there. It was crushing, kind of probably, Because I never it? thought it would amount to that i was like okay she's getting older right maybe at a more rapid pace than normal yeah yeah but i didn't think it would be the end of her you know what i mean yeah
1: no it's a tough uh it's a tough thing i went through it with my father as well um he passed away from it uh, about two and a half three years ago and uh i found that for me the best thing was that you could take your leave of them gradually you know like yeah. it wasn't something that uh all at once overnight they were right. like, "Who the hell are you? Get out of my house!" Right. It was like there were still glimpses. There were still bits there um, that I felt, um, you know, where you could just see that they were still thinking vividly. Yeah. And those, of course, reduce over time. But um, it's it's really interesting because you saw that as a as a reason to get into memorizing, and and I kind of was more fatalistic you know i thought like well this is just this is gonna affect all of us <laughs> and you right, know right. there's no hope and anything. i'm already shit at it and um i'm gonna probably have alzheimer's by the time i'm 43 you know what i mean yeah. so um but for you it was it was an occasion to uh to to embark on this new journey
0: yeah so with that little history of kind of knowing about that world yeah and that having happened uh, to my grandmother i suddenly was like okay you know I think there's something I can do. That's the light bulb that went in my head because I remembered about these competitions and these techniques. And that's, I guess, maybe the difference. Maybe you didn't know about it. I knew about it. Right. And that's I dove into it like 100%. And I remember I was living, I just moved back to Miami and um, was finishing my master's. So I had kind of a lot of free time on the side. So I had picked up uh, a book and an audio book and learn the basics and then just pound it away at it. Um
1: Do you and you like that kind of linear learning? Explain yeah. explain by the way how what when you when you pound it away at it, what does that mean? Like what, do you, yes. what are you really learning when you're learning how to memorize? Right.
0: So, you know, that's a, that's a kind of a tough thing for people that I teach is like, you know, when do you stop? Uh what does it mean to improve your memory? Wh from where to where is it considered, oh yes, I've improved it, it's done, I don't have to do any more. Um, how far do you take it? So, for me, I think an important part was having the competition as the the end goal. I told myself I'm going to win this thing, or I'm going to do really well. And to do that, I had to train, you know, all the events, which was memorizing numbers, cards, poems, words, and faces. And so I knew the scores that I had to get to be a record holder or a winner. And so every day I would train those things, which employ all of the basic techniques that you need to learn how to improve your memory, but it was very specific, right? Right. And there were little exercises that I would do for hours a day.
1: And and that was interesting?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that's boring, you know, memorizing a page of 500 numbers every day, multiple times a day. Yeah. God, I'd that's say boring. that's exactly what would be the definition <laughs> of something that's boring. Yeah. But the, the technique itself... Turns this page into this of of numbers, for example, into a colorful, fun. uh, I don't know,
1: like a tapestry almost. Yeah, Uh, it's a
0: story. It's it's a it's a movie. It's it's something really fun to kind of watch, and also the rewards. I mean, to sit for five minutes and look at a page of five hundred digits, and I can't do five hundred digits just yet, but about three hundred and eighty of them. Okay. can stick in 5 minutes it's crazy to me and that that feeling of constantly improving so i didn't start at 380 digits i maybe could do 40 right and then 100 then 200 and so on and that advancement you're like okay my memory is getting better all the time when does it stop you know that's that's kind of a cool feeling
1: that's really interesting isn't it that's yeah. like what what's it's like that um <clears throat> that film limitless uh, yeah. where they find that you know, you have to take this drug. You can actually access all this other part of your brain that you're
0: not using. Yeah. I wish I had that drug, though. Probably yeah. advance a lot faster. I don't know. <laughs> I
1: feel like you, you're doing well enough what, with your Everest almost summiting and your mountaineering and now this as well. I mean, you're yeah. developing both both sides of it. How does one feed the other? I mean, do you see a memory similarly as a athletic endeavor?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, the memorizing that I do... Um, especially at high speed and, and large volumes, it's, it's, it comes down to focus. And you know you have a limited time to memorize this much, so you better be not thinking about other things. And, and that's normal, right? Your everyday thoughts bump into your head. But when I'm memorizing, I have to kind of block those out and just focus on the task to be as fast as possible. So it comes down to almost training your mind to focus and to pay attention and hone in on the tasks that you're doing. And I think, especially for mountaineering, it's surprisingly a mostly mental game, and I find a lot of overlap in terms of um, being mentally trained uh, when it comes to climbing high on the mountain. Really? Yeah.
1: In what sense? Just in your ability to uh, maintain focus on what you're doing, or uh, distraction during like a long trudge up the mountain, or?
0: Yeah, because it's it's a painful thing. Right. You know, mountaineering, high altitude mountaineering is not fun while you're doing it. It's these eight or more hour slogs. You can't breathe. Um, you're exerting yourself. So it's actually physically kind of hurting. And um, it's slow, really slow. You can't move very fast. The elements don't allow you to. So you're, it's, it's your, you're fighting your mind because every step you just want to kind of quit or turn back down, go downhill where there's more air, food, comfort. And uh, no, you just kind of got to stick to the plan and just take it one step at a time.
1: And do these fantastical images that you conjure up <laughs> for, um, <laughs> for memorizing numbers, do they then appear to you? Is that how you? That too. It's also yeah. a
0: distraction. You know, in, in times where I'm just like doing something really boring and repetitive, I can dive into these worlds and, and maybe recall. You know something that I've previously memorized that, on paper to somebody else, looks like just a bunch of random information. But in my head, is this kind of colorful, um, as you said, tapestry or or, or world. Yeah.
1: So break it down. We're we're talking around it, and I think it's because you're so used to talking about it, (laughs) and I've read a book on it. But but break it down for for those people who who've never. You know, who've never done this before, never heard of of memory uh, memorizing in this way. Yeah. How do you how do you do it?
0: So the way it works is um, there's kind of two steps, uh, two step process to it. The first step is, and, and a lot of people may have heard about this or done it in school, um, is association, right? Or turning the things that are abstract, the things that are difficult to memorize, that don't just come easy, um, and turning them into pictures, visual. Thoughts in our mind that um, we can see and feel and smell and imagine with all this, um, all the senses and things like that. We remember those things a lot better than abstract information. Or uh, you can put it this way um, a lot of things that we deal with don't have meaning to us, and we can remember things that are meaningful or that we can relate to things we already know. That's the association part. So if we can turn in those. Uh, In those things that we don't know into things we do know, that's one step closer to to having it stick. So, for example, with cards or numbers, I have a system where every card or every three-digit number is a person, right? And for me, I think people are easy to remember and easy to visualize. So, you know, I'll see the king of hearts and it's my dad, okay? Um, the ace of spades is arnold schwarzenegger right. four clubs is uh harry potter okay <laughs> <laughs> and just random or is it well, because you have to
1: have an emotional connection to it or <clears throat> i'm just thinking something you mentioned earlier about um you remember things that are very vivid yeah. uh in your memory and I'm wondering if it you have to have some sort of emotional connection to those memories as well.
0: It, it definitely helps, um, but there is a reason why those things are those things. For example, uh, a a lot of my system is based on breaking down the the card number and the suit into a uh, a number uh, into initials. So, for example, Ace of Spades, A for Ace s for spades a s so Uh, i find uh, someone with those initials see what you did there arnold schwarzenegger that's very clever but then there are others that are more intuitive like king of hearts is my dad so some of the hearts in the suits um are friends and family so king you know of my family is my dad queen of hearts is my mom right um a good friend of mine uh her favorite number is three so she's three hearts things like that okay um but yeah i'm turning things into things that i know like Harry Potter isn't super emotional uh, connecting for me, but I know he is. I've read the books uh, or some of the books and I've seen some of the movies. So, you know, it's a familiar face and it connects to that whole Harry Potter world, which is memorable in itself. Um, So that's the first step, is trying to figure out a strategy to turn the abstract into something meaningful that you can visualize. The second step, and this is really the, I think the technique that takes normal people to the next level to become a memory champion for example so this is the memory palace idea and it's been around since the greeks it's thousands of years old it's um simonides of ceos i looked it up on
1: the wikipedia
0: yeah that's the the guy who's been credited yeah uh,
1: and it's told by cicero who uh you know, one of my favorite Brazilian soccer player names is
0: Cicero. I that's, think that's a great. It's a cool name. name it's yeah. a cool name, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah. <laughs> so the the tale goes, and I'm probably going to butcher it. Um, that um, I guess Simonides was having a dinner party in his grand Greek hall or whatever, and uh, they built know, them really grand. Yeah, of course. They didn't have like the like postmodern like no, low hanging like ceiling thing bungalow a studio yeah. apartment. <laughs> it yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a fifth floor walk up in no. like the Lower East Side. No, no. Um, so I guess he's had a big long table and many guests eating dinner, and he stepped out. Uh, God knows what. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom, or maybe have a smoke. Whatever. A raven flew in with words from the the wall. Yeah, that's um, probably. it. <laughs> And uh, the, the, the whole thing collapsed while he was out, right? And everybody was mangled beyond um, recognition. And the way he goes is he, he could remember, if he thought about it, in terms of where everybody was sitting around the table, the positions, right, the spatial locations, he could remember which body was whom. And that's where that idea came from is, okay, if I close my eyes and imagine a space that I'm familiar with, In his case, it was this dinner hall. Um, For me, it might be my apartment or a childhood home that I grew up in. We can imagine those really well. Our brains are almost wired to absorb spatial information, especially for places that we've walked through a million times without thinking about it. Um, If I were to ask you to close your eyes and and go through your house, you could do it in an instant. You start at your front door and make your way to your bedroom. Boom. Yeah. It's there. Right. And that's so that's memorized. That's a pre memorized thing. Um, so why not use it to store or to house um, those images for the associations that we've created for the things we're memorizing? And so how it works is, for example, a deck of cards is you know, there I am flipping through a deck and I'll see Arnold Schwarzenegger dancing with a mushroom or w- something bizarre, and I take that little snippet, that little scene, and I'll imagine it at the start of my memory palace, which typically is a bedroom or maybe the front door. So Sam, I have a lot of different memory palaces, but uh, my apartment back in New York, it starts out on the balcony, like the little fire escape. And so I picture him there uh, dancing with a mushroom. And so that would actually translate to ace of spades, queen of clubs, four of spades for me. Then I make my way inside to my bedroom and on the bed would be the next three cards or the next image. And then I make my way to the, the door of my room, the living room. The second bedroom, kitchen, and so on. I make a little path through the place, and the idea is that when I want to recall the information, I know where it is. It's in my apartment, and I can go back to the start of that place, the fire escape, and walk through. And the images are there. I just translate them back to cards or numbers or names or whatever. I'm how long? To-
1: how long does that take to 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 place a pe- uh, place? Uh, cards in different rooms, and then remember, yeah, and then memorize them.
0: So the first time I ever did it, uh, this was back in 2009. Um, took me 20 minutes, right? Okay, and it was it was tough. And how many uh, was out a deck of cards? Just a full deck, 52 cards. And you know, I thought that was amazing to get all that information in my head in 20 minutes, just 20 minutes. Um, but you'll find that you know it's a weird feeling when you start because the first card, okay, yeah, I can picture it on the fire escape cool next card on the bed all right fine and then as you start to get deep into the deck you're like man i'm, I'm i've forgotten the first one for sure right so there's a bit of a reluctancy to keep going without reviewing so that's where the time took in because i go back and be like okay let me just review one more time Got but enough. then when you get more confident in the technique and realize that it actually works without having to go back so many times you build speed
1: Oh, that's interesting. So you, you just need to rely on the technique, and the technique will yeah. eventually pay off.
0: It's in our nature to kind of second-guess our crappy memories right? and to say, okay, I, I no way I'm going to hold this. I better go back and review. But right. once you kind of trust in the system and how sticky it actually is, um, it kind of feeds itself, and that confidence just rolls over. And
1: It's interesting I, because I, I, I tend to think that if I write something down, I remember it better. Okay. i don't know if that's the case though i don't know if it's just me telling myself right. and convincing myself of that idea <laughs> you know what i mean because there's plenty yeah. of shit i've written down that i have no recollection <laughs> of and i mean i'm talking about like yesterday yeah so
0: yeah yeah it, it comes down a lot to your confidence uh in memory and and as we were saying at the beginning is a lot of people just say like they're quick to say i have a bad memory that's yeah. like the death of memory you know
1: right, right. um so the first the first step in improving your memory is telling yourself that you actually do have a good memory. Yeah. Okay. You
0: know, it's a fun. It would be a funny experiment. Is if if you wanted to improve your memory, forget the techniques, just start telling people you have a really good memory, yeah. even if you don't. Right. And then people will expect you to have a good memory, and you'll be forced to kind of play on that. That's uh, a great idea. You know, and and that's yeah. a lot. What memory comes down to is once you're aware of memory and. Um, you know, you are you're forced to kind of pay attention now, and that's all it is—is is paying attention. Right. These systems that I'm talking about, memory palace, association, uh, turning cards into pictures and stuff like that—it's just an elaborate way of saying, "Hey, I'm paying a lot of attention to this stuff. I'm yeah. gonna make sure it sticks." You know? Yeah.
1: And and how is that changing now that my smartphone remembers everything for me?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Th- you, A lot of us can probably dial the number of our best friend when we were a kid or our home. You know? Yes. I still can picture my best friend, 305-378-6955. 5, 5. I haven't yeah. said that number in years, and that, I just decided to try it. Um, I can picture my hand moving on the, the, the dial pad, you know? Um, but that's because we had to. And it's visual. Uh, it's visual. Right. And we did it so many times without looking it up. Because remember, you had to go get the, the friggin uh, school directory. Right. Open it up, whatever. That's right. Couldn't just text somebody else and ask what was that guy's number? No. Yeah. Um and an emoji. Yeah. <laughs> and then get distracted for L-O-L. an hour on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Um but now, I mean, there's so many tools and and things that just replace our need for the memory of um of them and and while it's great, it's helpful and it probably saves a lot of time, I think it's doing a lot of damage to our brain health and strength um because and i'm proof of this is that memory is something you need to work on and to use every day for it to be uh good and and useful it's a muscle it's just like a muscle yeah um how
1: realistic is that expectation though and how important is it honestly i mean if if my smartphone can remember everything anyway Uh, If artificial intelligence is something that's, you know, even scaring Bill Gates, by the way, you know, Um, and it's coming um, and it's already manifested itself in these little devices that we carry everywhere. How how much will I actually really need memory? Why is it still important?
0: Well, there's the argument that, um, you know, Alzheimer's is this epidemic and uh, brain health is something that. Is important just like physical health is. I mean, you remember that uh, movie uh, Wall-E, right? Where yeah. everybody in the future is obese and just sitting in chairs that move for them, right? I know. I mean, you could argue the same, right? Like yeah. that's, yeah. if that's cool, we don't have to move a muscle. Yeah, is that bad? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to make us fat and probably die right. sooner. Um, and while the the connections to you know using your cell phone. To store things and not using your brain to getting Alzheimer 's earlier is not necessarily um, connected, I do think that we lose a lot of um, our brain power and brain health by not using it as much and these tools that are around us um, more so as technology um, improves is is doing damage in the long in the long run
1: it's also the idea of probably remembering great moments in your life right and how that that That's, kind yeah. of fades over time. Like I, um, I, I feel like there's so many great moments I had even in my twenties, you know, which isn't that long ago. That uh, I only get reminded of when I don't know when I see a photo, yeah, which is visual, um, yeah. or I wrote something down. And you know, a journal or something like that, and then it, it sparks. It's amazing how that works, right? You read yeah. about, you're like, oh, that guy, and then all of a sudden, like five memories pop up around that guy, you yeah. know, and that situation, and that apartment, and where you were, and where you ended up going, and who you met. And yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. And do you feel that with you? Are you able to mem- uh, remember things better now? I'm not. I'm not saying like just the practical day to day, but is it even kind of, I don't know, in that way that LSD worked for Steve Jobs and <laughs> opened up all this, you know, all this perspective that he didn't have
0: before. Yeah. Is is training your memory like this, has it unlocked other memories from the past? So I get that question a lot. Is your memory, has your memory improved naturally and with, without the techniques? And I think the answer is it's, it's yes and no. No, in the sense where you think like a lot of people think I'm, I can just remember everything that I hear um, or every event that happens i just naturally tape record it yeah not the case i have to actually actively use a technique if i want to store it right you know. otherwise i'm just like anybody else but i will say that having trained my memory and being so invested into it and and having spent so many years talking about it and it being important to me um i'm more aware of it and being more aware of it i'll naturally do um a lot of these um Associations and reflections on memories and things like that and experiences. Um, so, in that sense, that makes uh, a lot of the things I do more memorable. Interesting. Um, so, you could say it is improved. Um, it's more of a lifestyle change, I guess, than anything else.
1: And it doesn't, it's not necessarily unlocking things from the past, but what it's doing is the things that have happened to you in the last year or, so or several years where you've really become good at remembering things, yeah. those are the things you're able to kind of store away a little bit easier and quicker. Yeah, and
0: the thing where I just appreciate them more, I mean, I was going to say, like, in this day and age, um, how often do we actually enjoy a moment, you know? I even did it when I was walking in here. First thing I was doing was Snapchatting this this yeah, studio right yeah. rather than just like take well, it it's, in
1: it's totally worthwhile it's really beautiful especially <laughs> this table here which is made from some high quality um, mahogany high quality um plastic from the uh, local dump um, yeah. that uh, first name james unearthed but uh yeah. No, but it's we, it's the idea want, of like yeah. coming into a room and not not immediately it. It's like you yeah. see everything through this prism now. This or screen. like here's
0: our meal. Let's Instagram it. Or we're with our friends. Let's just videotape it and then got to post it. That's the first thing. And then right. it's a moment that's captured, posted online, and then forgotten. Yeah, you can go back and look at it, but you're looking at the picture. You know what I mean? It's different from – you know, the summer of 2001, you know, where you have to actually... That was great, wasn't it? <laughs> it was uh, so awesome. It good. A lot of people forget that was a great summer. And
1: Well, that was before nine eleven, by the way, too, right? Anyway, uh, right. <laughs> let's not dip too down. No, but
0: what's what's interesting, and I used to do this exercise, I haven't done it in a while, but I'd take a summer, for example, say 2001, and if I said, where were you? What did you do that summer? You'd probably be like, oh, man, I don't remember, but and I don't initially, I'd have to piece things together. Like you said, it was just before nine 11. Um, okay. So maybe I can work backwards, but once you start thinking about it and you, you say, okay, I I was in high school or you were, um, in Miami, you can start to piece together things and then slowly more information comes in and you're like, oh yeah, that was also the time that I did. And oh yeah, that was the time I also did this. And this person I met, blah, blah, blah. That's the kind of thing that, we don't do anymore you know it's it's just a picture a video a soundbite an article and that seems to be all we do with this technology but you know there's something to be said for taking in for a moment what you're doing and thinking back on it and really using your memory you know well
1: that's that's really interesting that's something because that that means that what you're doing is essentially trying to appreciate moments better
0: yeah yeah
1: I mean, sure, it's memorizing a deck of cards, but it's also being a lot more present than yeah. than most people are.
0: And, and that's to me. And I, I always end my speeches this way: as I say that memories are everything. It's it's who we are. Um, without them, I mean, what are we? That's who makes us who we are. It's kind of why we live f- for. You know, it's it's moments, and once those moments pass, we have the memory of them. Um, and and that's what was so sad to watch with my grandmother is, you know, to her, she I mean, until the very end, of course, she was suffering, but through her um that decline deterioration, yeah. she didn't really notice, you know what I mean? I mean right. she's asking like who I am and where I am in front of me, but to her, she doesn't know me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean she knows me, but she doesn't recognize me yeah, there. Yeah,
1: she's not suffering though. She's, right she's not aware of how awkward and painful it is it's it's the people around her right
0: but she lost the essence of who she was i mean in the sense at the end it's not my grandmother anymore because those memories inside her are 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 gone um and that's sad you know because yeah we live our whole lives building these moments and and what else is there right uh, and you lose that
1: yeah and they define us like you said and and also they they um they can help help guide us as well right exactly. as we go as we go forward um, you You said at the the beginning of our chat, um, you know what's the limit w- What do you think the limit is? I mean, is this something that you want to just keep doing and training and you know getting to the point where you can memorize a deck of cards in you know a minute and a half? Um, or is it, is it just expanding on just that and, and not just making it about memorizing a deck of cards or memorizing a poem, but like really, truly thinking of being hyper aware all the time (laughs) and taking in stuff and being able to retain memories. I mean, what's,
0: where do you see it going? I mean, I've, I've competed many years. I've won four times. Um, and you know, as I train, I've always improved and there's something that I like about seeing how far you can push Memory, yeah, and those events that I train—the cards, and the numbers, names, and stuff—are good ways to measure it, at least to me. So uh, I keep saying I'm going to stop competing, you know, at some point. But I really like the idea of, okay, my deck of cards right now is at 30 seconds, actually, and um, the world record is 20. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's really fast. Yeah. Well, in, in Moonwalking with Einstein, I think at that time, which was about almost 10 years ago, was a minute 40 or something like that. okay, right, okay. But uh, that's improved. And, you know, there were guys who were getting in training 18, 17 seconds. Um, So who knows where that will end. Obviously, you can't go faster than zero seconds. But, uh, um, you know, it's interesting to see, especially with numbers as well. The record used to be the 300 digits in five minutes. And there's a, a German, a previous world memory champion who can do 504 504 digits in 5 minutes.
1: So that means they set a timer for yeah. 5 minutes and then he can he, he at off. It
0: for, well, he looked at it for 5 minutes. Oh, he looked at it for 5 and minutes. And then you take it away and he can write it out. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. That is of interest to me, but you know, then there's the question is like, well, how relevant is that to real life, you know? Yeah. But I think what interests me a lot is is where that limit is. How far can you push the memory? Yeah. Um, you know, because I think 20, 30 years ago, psychologists would have said that the things that we're doing in memory competitions would have been impossible for any brain. Um, you know, the, the standard thing is people can retain seven items plus or minus two. Um, but then if you use a technique, you can memorize 500 or f- and four yeah. items. You know, like what's yeah. – it's it's insane.
1: It's interesting because as you're talking, I'm thinking – this is what you're doing is really analog in this digital world, right? It's, like, right? it's like, hey, our brain is our most important muscle and we're only using a certain percentage of it. And actually instead of trying to outsource um, the stuff uh, that our brain used to do for us and outsourcing it to, to the digital world, um, we should be relying on it yeah. again, you right. know, and, and, and working on it and working to make it even better.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not, uh, I'm not living in a cave and not using a, f- a, a, a phone. And yeah. Like a I mean, computer. I mean, you snapchatted this. So, exactly. Yeah, I didn't, I don't even really know what that
1: entails, but yeah, I mean, you're obviously advanced.
0: In that but idea. I think, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on the side, um, you know, where I could use my phone. I don't, um, not always because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in a rush sometimes and need to do this and that and be here on time and beat traffic, whatever. Um, but I am aware of it. That's the key, right? Is is understanding that my brain needs to be used, um, and that memory is important, and that I don't want to lose it,
1: right? So let's get to the uh, memory championships because yeah. I, let's let's take me to your first one and and try and paint a picture because I, I imagine you're in my mind you're an anomaly because you're six foot something, you're <laughs> built like a brick shit house, and you've got what I can only assume is the spirit animal of every memory champion, a elephant yeah. on your shirt right now. Uh, with nerd glasses with on. With nerd glasses on, which is, again, probably a little bit of a reflection of who you are as well. Yeah. But how? Um, how how did how did that all go down when he walked in how was what what was the vibe there who shows up to those things where are they held
0: yeah so in the past um well in the history of the u.s championship it's always been in new york every march or so um usually in a small room um but in the past few years it's we have maybe 50 60 competitors so it's a slightly larger room um and the kind of people i remember when i walked in i didn't know what to expect i hadn't Nowadays, you can look online and see who the competitors are and all that stuff. But back then, I didn't really know and know what they look like. And, and the cool thing is about this sport is that there's such a range, right? And they all started because of interesting reasons. Me, it was my grandmother and brain health. Uh, another former champion was, um, had, uh, was going through chemo and he spent a lot of time in, in the hospital. So he wanted to improve his memory because he thought it was getting weaker with some of the chemo. Uh, you have a former clown, a guy who went to clown college, uh, who teaches kids how to memorize stuff. Or you and have a He pe- was the scariest of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. He's a good friend of mine. Um, or you have people who uh, pizza delivery guys, moms, twelve uh, year old kids who just think memorizing a deck of cards is really cool. Um, all ages, all types of people. Um, you'll have the super nerds who can't uh, be social. Um, but then you have normal people uh or guys who run marathons or whatever it's right. it's really cool
1: did you think you were ready when you went to your first competition
0: no so the first year I went was in 2009 and i had trained for a few weeks um and definitely wasn't ready but i just want to kind of scope the the scene and then so this was actually before my grandmother passed away it was that march so when she passed away that summer is when I was like, okay, I'm doing this for real. I'm going a million percent in. And uh, I started training hours a day. And so then 2010, March, um, I, I thought I could win the thing. And nobody knew who I was because um, I didn't make a big noise uh, the previous year. So I kind of came in and there was a guy there, Ronnie White, who had won in 2009. And who was, uh, he was a former Afghan war vet. And uh, Jacked, very charismatic guy from Texas. And he was the favorite to win again. And, um, you know, I started getting these scores. I think I beat his numbers record. It was like 178 digits at the time. And uh, almost beat his, the cards record, a minute 30 or something. And I got to the finals, top three. And then I we had to memorize two decks of cards. And I said them backwards instead of forwards. And that was... That was a a eliminated stern
1: violation of the memory championship. Apparently, it
0: had happened before in the finals. A common confusion. Anyway, so the next year I came back, won it, uh, and then in 2012 won it again. 2013 I got uh, I made a mistake in the finals, and then I've won it the past two years again.
1: In your face. In your face. Yeah.
0: Tell me how the how you train for that.
1: How much how much time a week do you dedicate?
0: Um, So nowadays, especially since it's becoming more and more competitive, um, I'll spend four to five hours a day, um, you know, doing drills of each of the disciplines, um, trying to master new systems that are more complex, but will group more information together. So I have to memorize less.
1: Do do you develop new systems yourself or
0: do you? Yeah, I mean –
1: use something that some guy in germany developed or it
0: depends you know you 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 see so the way the sport works is like somebody has the record right so say uh cards used to be 25 seconds and it was this guy ben pridmore in england and he had this he had come up with this two card system so instead of like i was saying before the king of hearts ace of spades each of those are an individual person he does pairs of cards are one thing um so that's almost twenty seven hundred possibilities that you got to learn, as opposed to fifty two, right? Um, so that's cool, but it takes a ton of prep, and you got to memorize and learn to see those pairs of cards and instantly come up with a picture. You know, right. it takes a ton of practice. So he mastered that, and that got him to that record. And now, so then a bunch of people switched. Uh, I'm going to do the Ben system, is what they call it. I never switched because it was a lot of work and. You know, you think, okay, I might, maybe my system can get me that far if I try hard enough. And, you know, so people will switch to a system and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And then somebody comes up with something new uh, that takes them to 23 seconds. And then some people will switch or, you know, so you, you experiment. Is ex- there
1: collaboration? I mean, is there, or are you guys pretty, like, not... You're pretty competitive with each other to the point where you're not sharing information.
0: Exactly. No, we're very open about okay. that stuff because we right. know that it's all, as my friend likes to say, "ass time." You're right. sitting on your ass. I putting see. In I the would work. get
1: something completely <laughs> different from that phrase. I've I've heard that before. <laughs> say, yeah, 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 yeah right. watch it. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, ass time, uh, ass sitting time. on your ass. Let's say. Yeah. Doing the work. Yeah. Doing the work. Doing the time. Doing the time. Okay.
0: And uh yeah, so a lot it's funny because everybody's super competitive, but yeah. you know, all the techniques and what everybody's doing, everybody's super open about it. Um and you know, if you ask the, the world champion what technique he used, he'll go into super depth about it. He'll even write it down for you if you want. Right. Because he knows that you right. gotta go home and actually spend the hours. Do you um
1: is there something you're really bad at? Is there like a event that you're really crap at?
0: At the US championship, no. I think I have all of them. Uh, on lock. Um, the World Championship has a few more disciplines um, that a couple I don't train as much for, but like, for example, and I should be really good at this because I'm a computer science master, but binary digits, so memorizing ones and zeros. Um, some people will do wow. thousands, and we have a 30-minute cap to memorize as many binary digits as possible, and I think the world record's almost 4,500. Uh and I just get lost in the zeros. I have a cool, I mean, the technique that we use is pretty impressive. I can do almost 2,000 um, in 30 minutes, but uh, that's, you know, not even close to the the world record. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the
1: world record?
0: But it's 4,500, 4,500 digits.
1: So you can do half of that, a little
0: less than half of that. Yeah. It all comes down to how you chunk it, and some people have some crazy grouping methods
1: and all of this helps you remember where you put your keys
0: <laughs> Yeah, i mean no that's that uh that has nothing to do with it but <laughs> are you serious <laughs> all right so but no let's get back to that no
1: because that's interesting to me because what you're doing is mental gymnastics right yeah. so how much of that you know i guess just like in regular gymnastics and i think this is going to be like a analogy that goes really off the tracks but like Regular gymnasts probably don't walk down the street better than we do, right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Is that kind of a similar train? Yeah, well,
0: let's do this example. So um, why why does someone go to the gym and, you know, spend some time doing curls or squats, right? It's not like you're going into the real world and just doing squats in the street, right? right? But, you know, you may fall over and you have to get back up. And part of that movement is a squat, right? Or you have to pick something off the ground and that's that's a curl, right? Yeah. So you work on these isolated movements to kind of, as a whole, build this um, fit machine or whatever right, right. that can um, do anything on the fly if it happens in real life. So the idea is, yeah, I'm training these completely useless, um, not completely, but uh, what seems useless binary digits. When am I going to memorize binary digits in real life? Never. Um, or... Um, abstract images or cards, right? But the principle that goes beneath it is something that I can apply on the fly in real life. What I'm getting fast at is developing a strategy, um, and being able to store it, uh, in a memory palace very fast. If I can do that in real life with anything that comes at me, then that's, that's all I want, you know? Is there – do you ever get in trouble because people
1: assume you have an amazing memory and then you forget (laughs) someone who – or forget a birthday or –
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm (laughs) – I'm I'm, I'm human, all right? (laughs) I am human and another thing is is I spent hours training this stuff because I'm super competitive. So sometimes I just want to shut off, right? Right. I don't even want to try. Right. And – that can bite me in the butt sometimes because I'll forget a name because I'm not even paying attention. Or a classic story, I love saying it, is a number of years ago with one of my ex-girlfriends, we were living together. I had to, um, She because I work from home, she'd be like, get me these two items for groceries, right? Two groceries. I'd go. I'd come back with one. Really happy that I did something, right? Like, yeah. oh, I got it. You asked me yeah. to get it. And she's like, it was two. I was like, no. Right. i uh, but yeah. I, I tell her, yeah. or I had told her, is if you had written or told me a fifty-item list, yeah, <laughs> hundred yeah, item yeah, list, exactly, I would have gotten every single item. You That's know? not
1: even, yeah, like two items isn't big enough for my memory palace, right? So it's one of these things. It's like a memory where, shack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not worthy. Enough, it's
0: not so. worthy of inclusion
1: in yeah. you know your your uh, upper west side apartment memory palace. Yeah. Um, so which I imagine, is, by yeah. the way, is a very small palace. It's tight. It's tight.
0: I I'd use uh, a lot of little corners and pieces of each room to make it bigger.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, so, a- any party tricks,
1: by the way? I saw at the beginning of one speech you uh, went up on stage, had an oversized deck of cards, and oh, yeah. uh, read off the numbers as you threw them to the ground. Uh, read off the, the,
0: the cards, yeah.
1: The cards, exactly. So, uh, are there any other tricks yeah actually to
0: impress people the, the cards one is is pretty impressive uh, i can do that pretty quick and get a beer out of it um w- with my friends back in miami uh we used to well they made me do it and then we started kind of making it a, a habit after that is they'd be like this guy can memorize all the credit card numbers you know we'd have like 10 people uh, throwing in for the bill which was like 600 bucks or something for somebody's birthday and um uh, my friend Karin was like, "Yeah, he can memorize all the the credit cards. If he does it in less than five minutes, can we get the bill for free?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, okay, fine." Not knowing who I was or what I could do, and of course, it was super easy. Um, <laughs> the guy was like, "Oh man, I." Uh, he, he ended up just taking off my stuff, but ah, um, uh, that's not fair. I know that wasn't the deal. I know, but uh, in the future, we went to places and got free desserts and. Free items taken this off. Is good, it's pretty good. Very useful person to roll yeah. around with, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wish definitely. there were cooler things I could do with it. Uh, I don't know, or like a job, you know, that no computer could do, but only a really good memory. But I haven't thought. There of one is yet.
1: there is a place in Nevada um, uh, where there's a lot of uh, houses of uh, <laughs> gambling. Ah, I've heard it's called Las Vegas. Yes, yes. And I think your
0: particular skill set. Could come
1: in very handy.
0: I've heard that too, um, and I've worked on it a little bit. It takes a tremendous amount of practice. Um, which it's either that or continue down the super. Um, uh, what's the word? Fortune creating memory competitions. Yeah. yeah, that's sarcastic.
1: I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I think you're. I think the 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 issue you're facing is that you're actually using your powers for good. When yeah, in yeah, fact, yeah. <laughs> you could be using them for evil. I could, yeah, at great personal benefit to yourself. And by the way, your uh, uh, your nonprofit. Yeah. Why don't, yeah, you, why don't sure. you tell me about
0: that? Sure. So, um, kind of in this process of learning how to improve my memory and um, doing it, inspired by my grandmother, I decided to give back and create a a nonprofit charity called Climb for Memory. So, as we briefly talked about, I, I, I climb mountains and I wanted to kind of bring it all together and inform people about the disease and memory techniques as a whole. And, um, so I created a blog and kind of this, this whole charity thing where I climb mountains to raise funds and awareness for the disease. And, uh, yeah, so I've been up Everest a couple of times, uh, trying to make some noise and get people to, you know, obviously I'm climbing has nothing to do with, with Alzheimer's or memory, but I feel like it's a cool platform and a way to get people to pay attention Absolutely. Uh, to the cause, you know?
1: Absolutely. Have you summited yeah. Everest?
0: No. I okay. tried in 2011 and got within 50 meters, turned around, and then I tried again the other side, in north north side of Everest in 2013 and um, got within 300 meters, turned around. So I'm actually going next spring. You are? Yeah, to try. Think. Are they opening
1: it up again? After? Yeah, yeah, it's open. Okay. Yeah. And then they need to, I, I read recently, like, the Nepalese government is requiring, like, proof of mountaineering. Experience. I saw that.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. The The Nepal government has said a bunch of things over the years, and they've said they didn't enforce this, but it's, it's, it's kind of a mess when yeah. it comes, like, a lot of people paid under the table, and I don't know if they'll actually enforce that, but yeah. it would be nice. Uh, there's a lot of wackos on that mountain that shouldn't be there.
1: And I mean, I think it's also, I won't say, what are you going to do differently this time? Because I mean, it just seems when, when you're talking about summiting Everest, it's circumstances basically. right? Uh,
0: Yeah. A lot. So many things have to align properly. Um, But I will say that having tried it twice already, I have a lot of experience at this point. I I think if I get myself in the same situations I was those two years, I could overcome them now. Right. If everything was the same, right? right. Obviously the weather could be worse could be an avalanche that is unexpected, has happened the past two years, and um, you never know. Right, right. Well, in 20 years'
1: time, you'll probably remember it, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're really, I'll tell you that, they're really, really memorable experiences. I can remember. It's a two-month expedition, and each one I can remember... To a T.
1: Yeah, you don't need to imagine like Einstein skating on no acoustic like, guitar in a field. <laughs> no, 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 no. Awesome. Hey, you watched my video. That's video. I did. I watched the first five minutes. It was interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then you forgot so, what you were doing. About yeah, I, I did, like. Yeah, videos. I forgot I had this this morning. So, but no, listen. Thank you very much, Nelson. That was awesome. Yeah, really thank you for having it, me. That was yeah. fun. That was Nelson Dellis and the art of remembering things. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to be able to remember all of the helpful tips he gave us, but uh, certainly a super insightful interview. You've been listening to us on Acast or on iTunes. Of course, you can also head on over to RedBulletin.com, the home of some beautiful words and images and stories all around the subjects we cover in the podcast in addition to an archive of all of the podcasts up until now. All right. Thanks for listening.